Welcome to the Global Investor Podcast, a show that focuses on helping foreign investors enter the lucrative U.S. real estate market. Host Charles Carrillo combines decades of real estate investing experience with a professional background in international banking to interview experts in all areas of U.S. real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Charles Carrillo. So welcome to another episode of the Global Investors Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Carrillo. Today we have Brandon Hall. Brandon is a certified public accountant, national speaker, and is the founder CEO of the Real Estate CPA. Brandon works with real estate investors, syndicates, and private equity funds throughout the world to optimize tax positions and streamline accounting and business functions. So thank you so much for being on the show, Brandon. Yeah, thanks for having me, Charles. I appreciate it. Uh, so I, uh, I touched briefly on your uh, professional background. Can you expand more on what you were doing prior to starting your current firm, the Real Estate CPA? Yeah, so I, I was working in consulting at the big four. We were out in DC, so doing some federal consulting on federal projects. And uh, I, don't, I was like very, very short amount of time into my, my professional career, I guess, after college and realized, man, I do not want to do this for the rest of my life. I, I, don't, I don't see myself sticking around for 15 years in hopes to make partner and in hopes to make, you know, 350K, 400K a year. Um, I, I just want more control. I, I want to be able to call my own shots. So I started trying to figure out how to get out of your corporate job. I found real estate, found biggerpockets.com, started asking, I started asking some questions about rental real estate. And through that process, realized that people were asking a lot of tax questions. So mm -hmm. I just started kind of answering those tax questions. Uh, I didn't really have any tax experience at the time, but I was studying for my CPA and specifically the tax piece of it. So I was like, this will be a great way to, uh, to test my, my clout, my knowledge as I've been learning some of this stuff and just started kind of getting really involved with the forums, answering a lot of questions. I uh, bought my first three unit property uh, about a year or two, a year and a half or so into that whole process and realized that it was gonna take a long time to buy enough real <laughs> estate to leave my corporate job to replace it. Uh, also, it's going to take a lot of money. Uh, and, and, you know, that was like, I think the whole like no money down and all that stuff was kind of hitting mainstream at that point. So I know that there's ways that you can do it, but I'm a, a little bit more conservative. And anyway, um, so I started, I started asking myself, well, what do I do now? Because, you know, rental real estate is going to take me at least eight years to save up enough cash to replace my income. And I want to wait that long. So I, uh, I kind of took this answering the questions on the bigger pockets forum a little bit more seriously and it just sort of snowballed into taking on clients. And, uh, now today I've got a staff of 17 folks. Uh, we're probably one of the fastest growing CPA firms in the country. Uh, at least that's what I've been told by <laughs> other people in the industry. And, um, it's a lot of fun. I mean, we, we only work with real estate investors and people that are running real estate businesses. So we've, we've seen, pretty much anything that you could throw at us at this point. Um, and we've, we've seen a lot of, a lot of great stuff. We've also seen a lot of shady stuff <laughs> and it's just been interesting. It's been a lot of fun. Met some really cool people along the way. Yeah. Real estate investors are interesting for sure. There's the, you go to a cocktail party and you say you're a real estate investor. It never, the conversation never ends there. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's always something people want to learn. Um, so you provide accounting services to mom and pops to, uh, you know, to some, to some corporations and businesses that have almost a billion dollars in assets under management. So what services does the real estate CPA provide that might differ from your traditional accounting firm other than the, you know, uh, exclusive real estate investor? Yeah. So, so the main difference is our advisory. 
and the way that we do our accounting uh, kind of CFO outsource services, which I'll talk about in a second. So first we, we have two verticals at our firm. We have a B2C vertical business to consumer and the consumer in this case is like all of our individual landlord owners, individual flippers, builders. So they, they're all running businesses, but we still say it's B2C. Uh, and then we have B2B, our business to business. And our business to business, those are like the bigger syndications. They've got multiple deals under their belt or the larger funds. You know, they've got 50 to $100 million in assets under management that they're, or, or cash in some cases that they're playing around with and they're buying a bunch of assets. So that's our B2B sort of line. On the B2C side, um, that's where most of our clients sit at this point. We, we specialize in, in tax advisory services, or that's kind of like the big kind of bread and butter of the B2C side is that tax advisory. So we'll take a client in, bring them on board. We'll, we'll look at their situation, where they're at today, where they're trying to go, and we'll basically develop a tax plan for them. Uh, and then we'll hold them accountable to implementing that tax plan. And that's beneficial for a lot of our clients because, you know, especially if you're like new to real estate or even if you've been doing this for a while, taxes are confusing, entity structure is confusing, how do you account for things is confusing. And to just get somebody to weed through a lot of it for you and tell you what to focus on. Like I, I tell our, our, I do a lot of our sales calls and I tell the prospective clients that if you are expecting us to write you a book on every single strategy under the sun that you could take advantage of, we're the wrong firm for you. What we're gonna do is tell you, hey, we respect your time, you're a busy person, and you need to focus on the three to five highest and best use of your time strategies. And here they are. Here's exactly what you need to know about them. And here's exactly how you educate or how you execute them. So here's your action plan. And that's what we do for a lot of our B2C folks. And it's just holding them accountable to that throughout the year. So we'll provide tax preparation services at the end of the year. And then something that we rolled out earlier in 2020 was a low cost bookkeeping service for our B2C line. So previously we weren't able to get below like 2000 a month which obviously doesn't work for people that have five to 20 properties. So we kept asking the question, how do we do that? How do we do that? And finally, one of the guys on my team figured it out and we outsourced to the Philippines. So I guess we kind of insource, they sit on our team. They are our full-time employee, um, but it shifts our labor costs and makes them a lot lower. And that allows us to kind of get within relatively similar ballparks to what you would see online for, uh, for that kind of portfolio bookkeeping, the rental bookkeeping. The benefit with us though, is that we've got experienced advisors that gut check that bookkeeper's work before we kick out the reports to you and we're looking at it and making recommendations every month. And that's where the real value is, I think. So that's kind of the B2C line. The B2B line is, I mean, we're, you know, we'll manage the entire financial operation. We'll manage all the accountants that the, that the companies have on staff. We'll train them, we'll have them follow our process and we're acting more, typically more as like a controller or a CFO. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll provide the owners with a dashboard on Google Sheets that has them tracking key metrics that we're live updating from QuickBooks Online. Um, so we do a lot of cool stuff there. Yeah. That, and, but really it's just kind of like, how do, we, how do we spend our capital? How do we shave off a percentage point of rehab costs? I mean, at that point, a percentage is, is some big money when you're playing with that much cash. And uh, that's kind of what the role becomes. So very strong advisory relationship with our clients. So how are we different? Um, I think it's just the advisory, it's our bread and butter. We, we, most of us, most of my team invest in real estate themselves. We can speak the language for that our clients are communicating to us with and we kind of know what they're looking for. So we can proactively attack that. 
Okay. Yeah. Awesome. It's, it's, uh, you can cover all different types of real estate investors, wherever they are in their, uh, investing, uh, career. So mm -hmm. how should a real estate investor prepare and plan in order to be proactive with their CPA, their accountant? Um, uh, yeah, so it depends on what you're doing. The first thing that I would say is you want to get on some sort of, some, some sort of, plan where you're checking in with your CPA on a relatively regular basis. And that could mean like once a quarter, even just a short email, like, Hey, these are my updates. Is there anything that I should know about with changes in the tax code that might affect me? Something as simple as that can make a huge difference in your actual tax savings at the end of the year, because the worst thing with in the worst thing that real estate investors can do to shoot themselves in the foot is wait until January of the following year mm -hmm. to start that planning conversation. It's too late at that point. December 31st has already come and gone. We can't really shift a whole lot of things around anymore. We can't change your facts. We want to change your facts as we're going. Uh, and and to, to save on taxes, you have to change your facts. And that's why it's so important. So we, we have to change the facts in that current calendar year. And that requires a pretty consistent check-in. So we check in with our clients uh, at least the first year, once every six to eight weeks, we'll send them an email, double check with them, or just, just make sure that they're good to go. And if they've got any questions and every year after that, typically once a quarter, just sending them an email, checking in, making sure that they're still good to go. But that, that's the best thing is just force the proactive relationship. Mm -hmm. um, and if you have a CPA that only wants to talk to you once a year, which unfortunately there's a ton of CPAs out there, that's, that's their business model. It's, I'm going to prepare your taxes. We'll have a 30 minute conversation and you're good to go for a year. That's just, it's not enough for real estate investors. You need more advice and you need more proactiveness. And if you have a CPA that's not willing to give that to you, then you need to switch. You need to find something, somebody else that is going to, um, to be proactive and have those conversations with you. Yeah. Cause they have to plan it out as well. If like you said, changing the facts, but it's also, uh, you know, what CPAs that I've had before, um, some of them, you would be trying, you know, they'll, they'll say, Oh, you know, it's this much to do the taxes and it's a good price, but then I'm trying to get in touch with them. I can't get in touch with them. Um, I'm trying, you know, the first part of the conversation is explaining whatever I'm doing in real estate, which is something that's just a waste of time for everybody. So it's great to work with a, a CPA that actually is focused on real estate and um, you know, can, you can start a sentence and they can pretty much finish it and tell you what you're doing and you're not on the call, you know, marking off hours a day. You, like you said, every eight weeks or something, you're having a 30 minute call. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just the consistent check-in that that's what you have to build the habit of. And if you are serious about growing your portfolio, you need to be serious about the professionals that you're using to support your growth. And you know, what we found is that a lot of, a lot of B2C, a lot of the business to consumer relationships, I mean, a lot of the landlords are cheap. I mean, I, I know I've, I've got property myself and I'm cheap. <laughs> But it, it's one of those things where you have to figure out like, do I want cheap in this scenario? And you might, it might cheap might be fine for the first few properties, but if you are getting serious about growth, uh, you also need to get serious about upgrading that CPA relationship. And when I say upgrade, you know, I, I think most CPAs across the country are, are smart. Um, I think that they're capable. It's just, you have to upgrade the business model. So we have built our business model out to specifically be proactive with our clients to have one point of contact at the firm. I hold my staff accountable to a 48 hour email turnaround time. I hold my staff accountable to client reviews. Uh, so are you going to get that? Or are you going to work with a small CPA firm that's going to charge you 600 bucks to file a tax return, but you can never touch base with the owner. It takes two to four weeks to get a reply. 
you can't ever get on the schedule. You know, they, you follow up and they say, we're going to be done next Friday. You follow up next Friday. They say, Oh, sorry. Next Friday. You follow up next Friday and say, I promise I'll get it to you next Friday. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, do, do you, do you really want that? If you're serious about the growth and typically right. the answer is no. Yeah. I mean, if you're really serious about the growth, like you're saying, uh, the small amount of money for the additional cost in filing a return is, uh, you know, it, uh, what you can, what you can do and how you can grow your business definitely outweighs that. Um, well, too, like if you're proactive with your CPA, you're going to save so much more money yeah. along the way. And you might not necessarily be able to tangibly point that out year to year. But there will be years where you save a boatload of money because of all the stuff, all that pre-work that you've been doing for years with this CPA. But you have to build that proactive relationship. I mean, I've got examples all day long where clients will tell me, oh, hey, I want to let you know that I sold a property and I bought this new property and I wanted to know about the 1031 exchange thing. And I'm like, well, it's too late. <laughs> you can't 1031, you already did it. You can't 1031 exchange. You, you, didn't, you didn't use a QI, you didn't tell us. Okay. Or they'll be like, yeah, I did a flip property. And uh, I did the flip in the S corporation that I had, but then I decided that I actually wanted to keep it as a rental property. So I just moved it out of the S corporation. Just want to let you know for tax time. And I'm like, that's a taxable sale to yourself. That, <laughs> that was a poor move, right? Like, if you were just, just let us know in advance before you do anything crazy, yeah. uh, we could talk you through it and save you a lot of money in the process. So, so yeah, so the, you just, you got to think about the relationship that you're getting currently and whether or not it makes sense to upgrade that relationship. Uh, what I've heard from uh, CPAs before is they would complain um, with some of their clients that they had a really good year and they never told their CPA. And it was something where it was, you know what I mean? There was nothing they could do about it and uh, no, t no way of offsetting any of the income. Um, what do you find? You said you've worked with all different types of clients. What do you find as your most difficult client to work with? Is it just poor communication, no communication? The most difficult client for us, yeah. So poor communication is definitely a big one. If you don't have the discipline to like, we're, we're going to promise you a 48 hour email turnaround time, or at least that's what I hold my team accountable to. If you're going to take weeks and weeks to get back to us, it's just not going to be a good relationship. It's not going to work out. There's got to be a mutual commitment to good, strong communications and organizations. That's the first big one for us. The second big one though, is are you a coachable person? And what I mean by that is, are you going to come in and you're hiring us to help you sift through a lot of this stuff and tell you what to focus on. Are you going to be the person that comes in and says, you guys are wrong and I'm going to do it my way. <laughs> or are you going to come in and say, Oh, thank you so much. I'm going to try to do it your way. Even if I think you might be wrong, I'm going to try to do it your way anyway and just see what the results are. And we have found that if you're the coachable people, we love working with those types of people because they come in, they listen to us, they do it the right way. They're going to win audits. Uh, the non-coachable people are going to lose audits. They're going to be the ones that are that the tax court is rendering opinions on. It's just not going to be a pretty process at a later point, and it just makes us all miserable along the way. So, if you you got to be open to to hearing feedback, and a lot of the feedback, like the most difficult conversation that I ever have with people, is you're not going to qualify as a real estate professional this year. And I know that's something we're going to touch on a little bit later, so we can get into the details. But man, you know, sometimes uh, I I have to be the dagger in the heart you know, the dream crusher. And then they go, well, you're way too conservative. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I just, you're going to lose an audit. You're going to lose the tax court. Um, you don't want to do that. You just don't want to set yourself up to fail. And, I, and my job is to tell you that you're going to fail unless you change your facts and we can help to change your facts, but you have to do these things. And are you willing to do those things? So you have to be willing to implement our advice. And if you are, then you're going to be a great client.
yeah, it doesn't make sense to pay for the advice and then uh, not use it. It's like, uh, you know, paying your attorney and then not using any of the advice and saying, you know, I'm just going to represent myself. Yeah. You know, uh, it's kind of, yeah. People do that though. It's, it's very <laughs> yeah. bizarre. I don't get it. <laughs> uh, are there common deductions or write-offs that you see real estate investors uh, typically miss or overlook? Yeah. The, the most common ones are just not understanding the 2013 tangible property regulations. Uh, so the 2013 tangible property regs basically tell you how to treat expenditures. So if I spend money on a repair or improvement or materials or labor, do I get to write that off on my tax returns as a repair or do I need to capitalize it to the balance sheet and depreciate it over 27 and a half or 39 or five, seven or 15 years or whatever. That's where we see the most mistakes. Uh, we actually see a ton of mistakes from CPAs related to this too. A lot of CPAs haven't gone through the 2013 tangible property regs. Some don't even know that they exist and they're preparing real estate related tax returns. And it's very easy to see. All you do is you go to your tax returns and you look for the federal depreciation statement or the federal asset schedule or whatever your tax return calls that supplemental schedule. And if you want to find it, you just, you pull your tax returns up on your computer in PDF form, you scroll down it real quick because everything is in portrait mode, but these statements are in landscape mode. So you can very quickly find them. And uh, all you're looking for is, do I have anything on this balance sheet? It's a balance sheet. It'll show you what you purchased it for, what the land value is, what the purchase date was, what the annual depreciation is. So it gives you a lot of good, inf good information, but it'll also tell you if you've, been a, if you've been following the 2013 tangible property regulations. And that's typically the first place that I go anytime that we're reviewing a new client's tax return because I can point out, hey, here's where you're not following the 2013 tangible property regs. The biggest one's the $2,500 de minimis safe harbor. So if I pull up your balance sheet and I see a bunch of $500 fridges and you know appliances and small repairs, then boom, you're not following the 2013 tangible property regulations. So your CPA probably is not the best one to be working with you on this. Um, hmm. It's very easy to, to point out those missed opportunities if you know what you're looking for there, but that's the biggest one. That's the biggest one. So we, we, you touched on earlier about becoming a real estate professional. Can you talk about what the benefits are and how one would uh, be classified uh, as a real estate professional? Yeah. Glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So real estate professional status. So to explain this, we first have to explain that. Um, so, so real estate professional status is embedded in section 469 of the internal revenue code. And section 469 says that all rentals are by default passive activities. And that's just by default. They're per se passive. There are three exceptions to the passive activity rules. One, you dispose of a property. So if I sell rental A, I can use the losses from B, C, D, and E to offset the gain on rental A. So that's one way. The second way is to generate net passive income. So maybe in the past, I've generated passive losses of 50K. They've been suspended and carried forward. This year I generate net passive income of 10. Well, now I can use my, I can use 10 of my 50K of suspended losses to offset today's gain, today's income. So that's option number two. And then option number three is to qualify as a real estate professional. And without hitting any, either one of those exceptions or any one of those three exceptions, your passive losses generated from your rental activities, or sorry, your, your rental losses generated from your rental activities will be considered passive. And those passive losses can only offset passive income or gain on sale from a rental activity. So what happens is they just get suspended and they carry forward year after year after year. You can't use them to offset your W-2 income or your, your uh, stock sale income or cashing out your 401k or whatever. 
you, they just get suspended and carried forward. And that's obviously not ideal. If we create losses from our rental real estate, we want to use them now, today. The best, best thing for us, time value of money, we'll show you that. Um, so that's what we want to aim for. So to get there, we qualify as a real estate professional because when we qualify as a real estate professional, uh, we can take our losses in an unlimited amount. It's awesome. Yeah. Right. Uh, I can earn 300 K in my W2 job and go and buy rental real estate, take my losses and, uh, or buy, buy rental real estate, do a cost study, generate a big loss. If I qualify as a real estate professional, I can then offset my 300 K W2 income in an unlimited amount, whatever loss I'm able to create. So it becomes very powerful. I can wipe my taxes out essentially. Uh, to qualify as a real estate professional, you have to spend 750 hours and more than half your time in a real property trader business in which you materially participate. And that's a big threshold, right? Hmm. But the, the other kind of thing to remember here is that qualifying as a real estate professional in and of itself actually does nothing for me. I also have to materially participate in the rental real estate activities. And where this becomes important to understand the difference is I can be a real estate agent full-time. Uh, if I'm a real estate agent full-time, I'm materially participating in a real property trader business, leasing brokering business. Uh, I've probably got, you know, I'll log 1600 hours. So I meet my 750 requirement. I also, that's the only thing that I do. So more than half my time is in a real property trader business. So I meet those two statutory tests. Mm -hmm. But if I don't spend any time in my rental activities, then my rentals are still passive. My rental losses are still passive. So you also have to materially participate in your rental activities. And we can get, there's a ton of nuances there. You yeah. know, you, your spouse can participate. You can count your spousal time for material participation purposes. And we can jump into all of that. But, um, but we see a lot, of, a lot of issues and a lot of misconceptions with people. There's a lot of misinformation online about real estate professional status. Um, and I'm happy to clear some of that up. Yeah, there's a, uh, you have a great page on your website about that. Uh, there's a blog post or something. So I'll, I'll, I'll put that into the notes of this about uh, being a professional so people can uh, refer to that and then they can contact you if they have any further questions because obviously it's pretty much uh, per case basis, I imagine. And um, so you work with a lot of clients throughout the world as well. Um, I mean, your clients span all over. And um, what, what do you see? I mean, all of your clients mainly are active real estate investors. Do you have uh, a lot of clients that are passive real estate investors? Oh yeah. 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 So um, we have a lot of clients that are just limited partners in syndications and funds. Okay. Uh, sometimes we're able to make connections, which is really cool. Awesome. But, yeah. Both, both domestic and international. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So you can work with, uh, you can work with clients anywhere in the world that have any type of ties to us real estate. Yes, definitely. Awesome. Okay, great, great. Yeah, because about half of our listeners on this show are uh, are foreign, so it's awesome oh, to have cool. that. Cool. What uh, what countries? Uh, primarily, uh, we're talking. It's all the wealthier countries. So oh, you're Dubai gonna have, and yeah. So it's gonna be um, uh, Emirates. It's gonna be um, throughout Europe, uh, Germany, Switzerland, uh, Hong Kong, um, Scandinavia. Yeah. So Canada. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, we, we, have, we have a few Japanese folks or a few people that live in Japan, Australia, Dubai. Uh, I know that we have London is a big one. I don't know, I don't know about Hong Kong. That would actually yeah. be an inch. I'd have to go back and double check, see if we have anybody from Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's, it's usually from those uh, like top 30 wealthiest countries or something yeah. that have <laughs> the money to invest in another country, especially in real estate, which is, as you spoke about earlier, a very capital intensive <laughs> business yeah. to get involved with. But um, 
So uh, you have a, we have a podcast as well, right? And it goes over, I, I've been listening to it. And can you talk a little bit about your podcast and uh, what, you, what you guys talk about? Sure. I appreciate the plug. Uh, the Real Estate CPA podcast, my, myself and my co-host Thomas Castelli is another CPA at my firm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we basically just bring on investors and we bring on other experts in the industry to talk about real estate investing and taxes, uh, mm-hmm. how, they, how they are always kind of intertwined. So we, we ask our, like the investors that we bring on, we'll ask them, well, how are you? What are you doing from a tax strategy perspective? Or how do you keep your books and records? So we're trying to like give people like a behind the scenes view of what people are actually doing. Uh, but I mean, it, it, a lot of the episodes always point back to, well, we're doing a cost seg and we are real estate professionals. <laughs> Those are the two, the two key uh, areas of the code to really understand well, if you're going to be investing in real estate. Yeah, it was great. I was listening to one on carried interest, which was, it's, I mean, it's, it's something like internal rate of return. Uh, you just have to learn. It's something when you're learning it, you just have to hear it over and over again. So yeah. carried interest, it's something, and you hear different people explain it. And some people are easier to understand than others. So uh, there's yeah. some great episodes. People should check it out if they have any questions about uh, anything that we talked about on this podcast. But um, how can our listeners learn more about you and your business? Yeah. So you can go to therealestatecpa.com. That's www.therealestatecpa.com. We've got a lot of good education content on the website. We've got a blog. Our podcast is there too. Uh, You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. I think if you just, if you Google Brandon Hall, LinkedIn, Brandon Hall, CPA, LinkedIn, I should be the first one that pops up. So happy to connect there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Brandon, for being on the show today and uh, look forward to connecting with you in the future. Thanks, Charles. Appreciate it. Hi guys, it's Charles from the Global Investors Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you're interested in getting involved with real estate, but you don't know where to begin, set up a free 30-minute strategy call with me at schedulecharles.com. That's schedulecharles.com. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Global Investor Podcast. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play to get new weekly episodes. For more resources and to receive our newsletter, please visit globalinvestorpodcast.com. And don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Nothing in this episode should be considered specific, personal, or professional advice. Any investment opportunities mentioned on this podcast are limited to accredited investors. Any investments will only be made with proper disclosure, subscription documentation, and are subject to all applicable laws. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, financial, or business professional for individualized advice. Opinions of guests are their own. Information is not guaranteed. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The host is operating on behalf of Harborside Partners Incorporated exclusively.